All right, we're on. We've got uh, James Lee's strategist at Sword and Stone and Arthur Perez, uh, and Arthur Perez who's uh, at Depop. Yeah. Is that correct? Indeed. Running marketing over there. And I've got you here today because you're running a group called Group Think. And one of the things when I'm doing talks and whether they're one-on-ones or in front, in front of a lot of strangers is talking about how uh, it's important to have mentors, but you also need a gang. And it sounds like you've got a 500-person gang in Group Think over in uh, in the UK. Could you quick intro- could you give us a quick introduction to uh, to Group Think? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's basically a, a community of about 500 strategists. Yeah. Um, we've been going for two years, um, and it's mainly I'd say midweights and juniors. Um, but we do have some super senior people in there as well that comes to certain things, um, and mostly it's focused on kind of helping uh, people learn how to be a better strategist through. Just, just discussion, really. We don't do formal training or anything like that. It's, it's usually kind of meetups involved with, um, yeah, just getting people together to talk about uh, what they've found being a strategist like, the issues that they're facing, yeah. and yeah, how to improve. Okay, awesome. So based on that, and I'm, I'm curious about the US to UK, like what's going on here versus over there. Is it the same? Is it different shades? I'm going to throw you a few things that I'm hearing, having spoken with hundreds of strategists uh, in the past year, and I mean, just the past two days, I've done um, about 10 interviews for about, you know, 30 to 40 minutes with people. So the, fir- the first thing that I'm hearing in some places is that a lot of agencies don't seem to know what they're about and how they're different. Yeah, I'd say that's very true. <laughs> uh, you have loads of them that are this way, and I think the more they grow, the more likely they are as well to lose uh, their own identity. They start very clear, and then they move, and then they become just another agency doing a bit of everything without any big directions. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we also see here. Um, yeah, it can it can also be driven by if they get a big client in, like a big supermarket yeah. or something like that, you know, and then that kind of moves the work in one direction, and the thing that you were is no longer the thing that you are. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's the uh, the temptation of that recurring revenue. Retail mm-hmm. will kill a creative agency. There's no lying about it. Even though most leaders who want to want a retail client, they'll say, well, it gives us freedom, and it might, but you got to hire very differently for it. Are there uh, agencies in, in your mind in the world, either now or at some point in history, that did seem to have a good sense of self? Hmm. Uh, I would say in the UK, um, even though this is not true because I've met them, uh, it still feel that they really know what they're all about. Uh, is BBH. They still, uh, even though they, are, they grew a lot and trying to do loads of different things, they still have a massive focus into doing great TV ads and doing it servicing in an amazing way. So that is kind of one thing that they, they know what they are, what is the core value and what they are good at. Um, I would say as well, White and Kennedy, I think they are doing a pretty good job, at least in the UK, and remain very clear to what they are and what they're good at, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are, both of those agencies you've described that I would call like, you know, advertising exactly yeah, yeah. Next uh, you know um but i guess everyone talks about you know naked and, and those yeah. sort of agencies that have kind of come before and kind of did innovative yeah. stuff um today the people that seem to have the most kind of like greatest awareness about 
themselves tend to be those kind of big ad agencies like, no, this is what we do and we do it really well. Mm. Or even kind of um, some of the UX agencies and stuff yeah. like that where they're, you know, super focused on, on you know, experience design and that's all they do. They don't get into digital creative or anything like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I'm thinking of analog folk as well. Mm. They are very, very focused on what they do and how they do it without mm. losing their identity there mm. even though they have to sometimes say no to clients because they're like no we're not doing it yeah, that's oh, a brave thing. saying saying no that's how you know you have some self-awareness yeah, exactly. so second second thing that i'm hearing and it's been around for a while and i do think it connects to the first point of uh, of a lack of identity is that the word ad or ads or advertising these words have become dirty words and for much of the industry that actually does advertising part of their sales pitch when they're hiring is but we do much more, you know, we don't really do advertising, we do much more, we do much more meaningful stuff. And I, I think often that's not true. And it's done a, a disservice to what the industry is and has created this prolonged existential angst. This is what I'm hearing here. Does that relate to what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, yes. I also think that, um, particularly for strategists, uh, there's this desire to do more than just kind of account planning or traditional account planning, um, because there is this recognition that actually the kind of strategy and the tools that, are, that your average account planner might have, um, they, they do need to diversify a bit. And I think everyone's kind of aware of that uh, over here at least. And the um, strategy, there's this great desire or, or possibility for creative strategy to, to move upstream, you know, and kind of impact business, the products that are coming out, um, you know, even the way that your client hires or their culture internally. Um, these, these sort of, and those, those are the kind of juicy, kind of sexy things that get touted around, I think, by a lot of agencies. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of advertising agencies wish that they could do that. So I don't think that it's advertising is, is, a, is so much a dirty word, although it is definitely one of those careers that's like less trustworthy than a, than a used car salesman or whatever is the, the data says. But um, no, I think, I think there's just a greater desire to do more and kind of impact more. Yeah, I think, I think I, I agree. So the word advertising, at the same time, why has this perception is, and I think it's sometimes because we, well, there is a job of manipulation and lots of moments we just sometimes do not agree with it and therefore we just push it and it comes back straight to our face. If at least we were accepting it and that it's part of not manipulation, but it's just influencing, uh, I would say we would not have that problem uh, in, in general. Yeah, but just true. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah, the same yeah. thing. Okay, so then third point, you use the word upstream. I hear this word a lot, especially when I work with agencies. Everyone wants a seat at the adult table. They want to go upstream. Uh, and there's a few things that I think that that means. One is they want to feel more important. So a lot of that is about status seeking. And they also, and, and, part of, and then the second point is it's a search for meaning and something that has greater meaning than just a video. Although if you do a great video, it's kind of cool. And then the third one is trying to open bigger, bigger budgets. Uh, have you seen many agencies really be able to do this? Because I've heard this hundreds of times, past 10 years. It's all about going upstream and then, you know, now the consultants have come in. And I think this adds to confusion and existential angst. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it depends on the kind of agency that you are. I think over, at least over here, what we're seeing, you know, and I, I work for one, 
is that you, you are getting these kind of smaller strategy consultancies that are, you know, ex-account planners, ex-design uh, strategists, brand strategists, moving into more kind of, um, they're, they're, getting, they're getting the CEO's ear, or they're getting at least, you know, high up enough in the, uh, in the pecking order to kind of affect the business. But that's because they're not, um, I guess a lot of these places, they're not anchored to a creative output. So if you're, if you're an ad agency and you've got creatives in the house, you know, you're always going to be seen as the guy that makes the ads. If, if you don't have that capacity and you, you go in as a, in a pure strategy function, then you are going to, you're more likely to get further up the pecking order. That's what I found anyway. Yeah. And I think as well, the, the main thing is it depends on your clients. I would say some, sometimes you will have access to CEO and you go upstream and some of them you will never, you will never get them potentially for example my previous agency I would have we had two clients we were like CEO level and we were doing all the strategy for them instead of marketing and working a lot with them in terms of um, business direction however the rest um, not necessarily as much as this so I think it depends as well of, of clients and their own ambition and how they trust you uh, to deliver on this Okay, uh, so let's talk about strategy. I think this is point four of some of the stuff I'm, I'm hearing. Uh, so first of all, people do realize that it's an amazing career once they discover it. Like the idea that you can learn for a living, meet people for a living, ask questions for a living, think for a living, is, it's pretty amazing. However, I don't, what I'm hearing is that not a lot of agencies are very clear on what strategy is or how to use it or how to bill for it. Do you want to take this? I'll let you there. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, and that is partially due to the kind of specialization as well that you were talking yeah. about earlier, which is that, you know, all these agencies trying to do slight variations on the same thing or are doing different things. You know, if you're a content agency versus, you know, a uh, traditional ad agency or, or a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a sports marketing company or whatever, they've all got a strategy function and they might even call it planning, but actually the day to day func like function tends to be quite different. The thing that I'd say that I've noticed talking to our members is that whilst they might all call themselves strategists or planners, the actual day to day of what they're doing can be quite different. Even if the skill set is, is largely similar. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's interesting because um, it, it came about, this question came about very recently at ASOS. Um, ASOS recruited uh, a strategist from BBH to lead their strategy function. Uh, it took about a year to them to accept what is uh, strategy, and now it becomes the most famous um, uh, department within ASOS. Now everyone is coming to them, talking to them, but because they finally understood the value. Uh, but that's something that really take, I think, a lot of time anyway, because it's strategy is a word that has been used. But the problem is we remove the substance of it for most. Sometimes just saying strategy means tactics or it means objective setting. And therefore, we just you lose the entire real what would you do by having this word used left, right, center at any point, uh, at any level in the industry. Totally. Or it's just a rationale like a, a set up slides up and up front how, how, exactly. how have asos defined strategy what does strategy do that 
That isn't, well, um, I met someone there, but I don't have exactly um, what they do. Well, I don't have the full understanding of what they do, but I think what they started to do was communication. So really help them move the business to another direction in, in, in people's head. So what is the what is the direction and then how we're going to get there. And then now they are doing as well, they are servicing the entire industry, the entire company from uh, C-suite to product. They come and they have a question, oh, we've lost, we are seeing that this brand is not performing as well as this brand uh, of in the, the, the benchmark. Therefore, what's happening and how can we change it? So they are basically servicing a lot of different people when they have a problem. Hmm. Interesting. Which is right. just... <laughs> right, I think I'm up to my sixth, uh, I don't know what these are, suppositions, fi findings, provocations. Uh, so I do hear a lot with people who are trying to get into the industry or have been here for a year or two that the number of job titles is crazy confusing and I think under it a lot of people wonder why there have to be so many different types of strategists because even if they get into a particular role that's a bit niche they want to apply themselves in a broader way within a company do you hear this over there hmm. do we hear that specifically I mean, like people admit that um, there are, you know, I'm a data planner or I'm a social planner yeah. uh, or I'm a social strategist or I'm an experienced strategist. And um, yeah, I guess I think what we see a lot is that people start off thinking if they're aware of strategy in the first place um, in, inside a creative agency, they go, oh, okay, I want to be an account planner. I want to be an account planner. And then then they learn kind of, oh, actually, that's a, that one, that's a really difficult job to get, right? Because there's only so many kind of traditional advertising agencies with account planners. Um, and then they start going, oh, no, I just want to be a planner. Now, this content agency's got a planning role going, or this, um, this uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm running out of examples, sports marketing, or you know, this <laughs> shopper, shopper marketing agency needs a, needs a planner. Oh, okay, so planners kind of kind of the same thing, is it? And then they get there and they realize, oh, this is actually really different to uh, briefing in creative teams and making TV ads. Um, so yeah, it's but you you probably know how kind of like shrouded in mystery strategy is as a job title, someone that leaves university or is coming out of school. Mm -hmm. uh, most people don't know about it, and if they do know about it, they probably know it. <laughs> through that keyhole of kind of account planning, mm -hmm. yeah. I guess. That's what I've found anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but I don't, I don't, I think that's funny because most of our members, they do not, they are not at all lost, I think. They know where they are and they will know where they fit. Um, and most of them are juniors again. So no, we don't see this. I think it's, I think it's because potentially in the US and the UK has been there for very, for a long time now. So mm. I think more people are knowing and for very, at any level in agency, they know what it is and what they do. Yeah, I do. I do think, from what I understand, not having worked in London, but or the UK, that there's a a, a stronger sense center center of gravity. Yeah. And a stronger sense of identity and more long-term advocacy and fighting for whatever it is that we do. Okay, next, next, next one. Uh, you mentioned juniors. 
Uh, I hear a lot that there aren't a lot of junior roles. I'm not sure what to do. I want to be a strategist. Should I take an account role and then hope that I can switch, even though that seems to be kind of rare? What are you hearing around the desire to get entry-level strategy jobs and how people are getting them? That's a good question. Uh, there's this famous center's famous uh number myth stat myth, myth, it? yeah 75 of 75 percent of junior role are not advertised so it just comes from talking to people um and the second question would uh, is would is it right to go from an account and then go into strategy i would say the number one solution for me and i advertise i said that to uh young members as well as students is meet as many strategists as you can, because if this number is true, therefore you're more likely to put yourself in front of them. And therefore, if you think the same culturally, um, culturally um, fits, you fit culturally with the agency, if you just heal, you're more likely to get a job. Uh, because we do not hire because of your skills, we hire because of your anger your hanger, sorry, in the, in, the, in, the, in the job. So if you want to learn, et cetera, just saying that you met 30 strategists, I think it just puts you in the right spot to get yeah. a job. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good thing. Um, uh, you know, we, we had one member, um, and I, I won't tell you his, his name <laughs> or anything, but um, he, he said, man, look at my spreadsheet, right? He came to one of our planner points, look at my spreadsheet, got it up on his phone, about 300 cells with every head of strategy at every creative agency um, yeah. in London. Um, and if, he, if it had a green next to it, he'd had a coffee with them. If he had a yellow next to it, he'd send them an email and gotten a reply. And if it had a red, he got no reply from them, right? But he about, I'd say about two thirds of that was green. And that's, that's kind of, I guess, the, the, how competitive it is, but also kind of uh, how passionate people mm -hmm. are about this job because it Ooh. is this amazing job or people is this amazing job yeah. um that's definitely something to do totally and it's it's funny it's it's difficult being on the receiving end of someone who's that intense as well because often you want to you do want to spend the time but you don't always have it and there are definitely time wasters out there but it's interesting to see that level of initiative number number eight i'm going to keep going through these um I hear that a lot of people don't feel there's much, once they're in the job, that they don't feel that there's much investment in their growth learning or learning. And that can come through a lack of training programs or just training time with ahead of the discipline and, and mentorship. What do you hear? Well, I don't know. This is one great good thing. Yeah. So I guess first, yeah, mine. Um, I'm, I consider myself to be one of the lucky ones on that front, to be honest. Um, I've had the complete opposite experience, which is that, you know, my boss, uh, Christian, uh, our agency, um, when, I, when I started, it was just me and him. Uh, we've grown into like a small kind of six-man uh, creative strategy agency. And basically, I've had one-on-one -on -one sort of mentorship from day one had loads of support, um, you know, just like the best, the best kind of training really, like sitting opposite someone like that, who's had kind of global titles and all those sort of things, it's been amazing. But the reality is that, yeah, a lot of people uh, don't have that. A lot of people, um, especially um, here, what you find is that an agency will take on a junior, will take on a junior strategist, 
um, and they will be the only strategist in the agency. They will be the only strategist in the agency. And but don't worry because the CEO is very strategic, or you know whatever. Uh, and that that person doesn't have the same access to kind of training and this sort of stuff. And that that's really kind of why we one of the reasons we started Group Think, which was like, there must be so many kids out there that are, that are in agencies, even, even midways, that are the only planner in their agency, one of two, you know, that could benefit from a community like this. So. Yeah, and because of learning from other people and become, yeah, just learning from each other and growing this way. And that's why we, everything we do is free. free. That's why we create Group Think mostly. Yep, yep. Okay, two more. I like how these are segueing and uh, so loneliness. Uh, there are a lot of lone wolves and that's partly to do with the fact that the strategy, that strategy work requires time thinking, time by yourself, uh, and sometimes a lot of time doing that. So you need to be comfortable uh, being by yourself. But I think what I'm hearing and what I believe is that many strategists are too lonely in their jobs. We don't often have partners that we work with unlike most other disciplines. Are you hearing this? And are you, do you, can you think of any interesting solutions? So, cause in development, you know, they, with the developers, they talk about partner programming, which is two programmers sitting uh, on each other's shoulders, for example. That's really because that was our highest engagement, uh, I think Facebook posts, it was basically saying, uh, uh, we uh, uh, strategists need to be basically partners. And uh, it was the highest, I would say, uh, potentially something like 100, well, 90% of people say yes. Um, I do think that we are too lonely. Um, and I think finding the right department with people that want to share, want to talk, create these dynamics within strategies. So you basically, rather than being by yourself, you operate at a department level. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the easy solution before we go into having partners like creatives uh, I don't think we would be, able... be right either to be honest uh, I, I think that creatives the interesting thing about creatives is that um, you know we had a we had a, a, a head of a creative department um, recently for Q&A and they were like the interesting <laughs> thing is like in a strategy department you have the ability to collaborate right? you have the ability to go over to the dude next to you, who's your senior or your junior or your or your strategy mark manager, and show them anything, right? And show them anything and get their feedback. And that should really be the attitude of any planning department. It's like we're in this together. You're not lone wolves. Like yes, you might need time to go off and, and do your own thinking and exploration and stuff. But just show early, like it's a team team sport. Creatives, they, they don't have that because they're always pitted against each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. They're pitted against each other and they have sometimes this blindly, you know, they'll get given the brief, so will the other team. They both go away, do their work, come back. Oh, they did. They were, they were on the brief as well, were they? Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, we, planning departments should be more kind of collaborative. And I think that, you know, all the good planners, some of the really good planners that I've met, uh, like Maria McHugh, who works at Foundage, she was like, yeah, I, I, uh, I organize a planner, a planner gangbang, right? <laughs> you know, you get everyone in the room, here's a problem, let's fucking go at it. And, and that, that's a really admirable yeah. kind of trait for solving those knottier issues, right? Mm. Yeah. Takes a lot of confidence, takes a lot of confidence. Okay, my, my last one here uh, is, so as much as we would all sense a lot of desperation from a lot of people trying to get into the industry, there's an equal amount of desperation 
which comes with sometimes a lot more sadness when someone wants to get out of the industry, but they're not sure what to do. What are you hearing about this? I've been through this exact same thing. <laughs> I was a strategist and moved into marketing. Uh, and to be very, very, very honest, uh, it's really hard. Um, we are, we created, so through loads of loads of years, uh, agencies have mastered a certain process and requiring very specific skill set to get to the perfect process. And client side, I mean, client side is not doing this. However, the skills of a strategist can be applied to any type of role. Uh, just being able to ask him the right question, etc., is right, is great. However, we're not very operational. Uh, and that is one of the major problems that we face. Um, it means that all the questions, we don't know. We have no, we think right, but to the, the reality sometimes hit us in the face. Um, so I would say, it's really, it's really tough. I think it's just we think. I think we need to learn more about all the type of skills, but that will be a trade-off of our compared to our ability to getting good thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be a bit. I don't know. No, I'd, I'd <laughs> say like if you don't if you if you're not enjoying it, uh, really not enjoying, it and you haven't enjoyed it for a long time, get out, <laughs> get out, because. If you're not passionate about doing it, you're never going to bre- You're never going to be a really good strategist. Similarly, if you just want to work on one type of category, go and work in that category, because what makes a really good planner is taking disparate shit from from different projects that you've worked on over the years and kind of putting it all together to, yeah. to kind of solve stuff. Mm. Like we, I heard, I've heard a lot, and I don't know if this is a generational thing, like a millennial <laughs> thing or whatever, but I've heard a lot of people say. Oh, I really want to go into um, you know something like social responsibility and 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 like I work for a charity. I want to do charity planning, um, and that's that's fine. Like if you want to do that, but go go work for a charity. Don't try and be a planner that works only on charity stuff because that that's I don't think that's really what a planner is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So they're the they're the ten things that I've been hearing a lot of. What else can you point us to from the Groupthink community? What are some of the the main discussions this year about the industry and the life connected to the industry? Um, I mean, it's, it's been a similar thing for the yeah. last kind of two years, really, which is this, as you've talked about, kind of the specialization of agencies and the specialization of planners. I think that, yes, there is that danger of, of specializing yourself out of <laughs> into extinction or whatever the, whatever the phrase is. And um, why people come to a lot of our events and what they're really hoping to get out of it, I, I get the sense, is that they're looking for a broader uh, understanding and to create a broader <laughs> skill set than just the silo that they're in. Um, and that's something that we all benefit from. You know, when we put these events together, having a data planner there, having a social strategist, having um, even a tech tech consultant or whatever who's who's ambled into our mist with a creative strategist or a brand planner, that's where the real kind of learning takes place. And um, I think that's why we've been successful with these events is because that's where that hunger really is to learn from different strategic disciplines or, or specialisms. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something that we've heard. Um, 
And no, so, anything else now? Okay. I, mean, I think, well, I think what, all the questions that you are seeing in the US is exactly same, the same. Same, okay. Well, one thing that New York, New York does not have, which London does have, is the account planning group, the APG. I believe it was here and then it got sucked into the four A's. I, I've only yeah. been to a handful of industry events in New York around strategy planning and I, I see a lot of them. A lot of them feel really stuffy and establishmentarian. And, and almost unnecessary to me. I really, like, there's not a lot of focus on thinking. It's more showmanship and saying how amazing I am. Um, that's how I feel. I'm being a bit, I'm, I'm being a bit flippant there. Uh, now, London does have a lot of opportunities for this thing, but the fact that you have 500 members, the fact that you started in the first place, does that mean that you felt that a lot of these, a lot of needs that you had were going unmet by what existed? Uh the a lot of these a lot of these places um not to call out any particularly but a lot of them are focused on talks so they put on talks right and it's a very familiar scenario where it's the same guy who spoke three times ago uh doing a variation on the powerpoint that you saw at another event uh talking to a group of about 200 people or 100 people um and it's very kind of like parent-child, top-down stuff. Uh, it's not, it's, it's not, um, those, are, those are the kind of events that get put on largely by, by other kind of strategy groups, I think. Um, and the reason is that they, they, a lot of these groups, they also do training. So there are training, there are, there's a lot of training here for uh, planners and strategists, but it is astronomically expensive. So uh, your, your average junior that we described earlier, like your one, two man planning department in a, in a small agency, they don't have the training budgets required to do the IPA you know, effectiveness course or whatever. So um, what do they do? They have to go to talks. And a lot of these talks are good. Like I, love, I love going to talks and I go to a lot of talks all the time and I think you do as well, Arthur. Um, but it's not that kind of discursive environment where you're talking as an equal to someone yeah. and learning from them. And, mm. and that's really what we're all about and why we set this thing up. Yeah, I think, I think you, put, you pointed it correctly as well, Mark. Uh, basically saying, like, when you go to these events, you sometimes feel a bit, oh, I need to prove myself. Um, and that is, for me, one of the major problems. Um, because we don't, and the main point is meeting these different type of people from, and, and learning as much as you can. But there is a feel of a bit of a pressure for no reason. Uh, so I think that's why I think Planet Pine has been quite successful because you have a beer in your hand and people like giving you a hug when you arrive. Hey, May, how you doing? Et cetera, et cetera. That create this casual environment where people feel more at ease and therefore ready to take on new knowledge. You don't have this pressure. And it's a safe space to say as well, you know what? I completely failed. I felt many times this strategy I've done and gone super wrong. This is, but I learned this. Mm -hmm. And therefore people, Start to open and and you just learn better rather than just trying to pretend that you're amazing. Yeah. It's not all failed. So. Yeah, awesome. and I, I feel like when you ask a question, you know, Mark, you probably need to ask. No one's going to ask a question at the end. And really, really, what all they're trying to do is look <laughs> smart. Like, smart. <laughs> they don't actually give a fuck about all the answers. <laughs> they're just asking they're just because, asking because they want to be smart after the room. And I, I just have no time for time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
No, it's interesting. Atlanta Pints is interesting because the rest of the world thinks you guys go to work with a pint in your hand at the start of the day. <laughs> it's interesting you do that in the evening. Okay, very last, very last question. In one sentence for each of you, what has been the one most important thing you've learned from being involved with Groupthink? Uh, I think I've learned humility. <laughs> <laughs>